to From the Stairs, your one-stop shop podcast for insider access and in-depth interviews with your favorite Billiken coaches and players. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Billiken Podcast for the latest news on future episodes. Now, here is your host, Billiken Athletic Director, Chris May. Welcome, Billiken fans. It is a, it's a pleasure and honor to have Joe Lenardi with us here from the stands, our podcast where we talk all Billiken sports and, and other sports, as we've had Gino on, we had Commissioner McGlade on. How does it get any bigger than Joe Lenardi when we're talking about college basketball? I don't know. Five, six on a good day, Chris. I think there's probably a lot of people you could have bigger. Okay, maybe we could. But, uh, <laughs> no, Joe, it's great to have you here. You've been a, uh, a great friend of our program. Back to, I'll never forget, uh, I'm sitting with Rick Majerus. He's going, I got to call Lenardi. We're, we're working on our post, we're working on our non-conference schedule. And, of course, that was uh, nine, ten years ago. And uh, we're doing our stuff, and we're going through our calisthenics. And, you know, every coach doesn't want to play anybody. And then you get it in them, they got to play somebody. Well, I'm calling Joe. I'm calling Joe, so I'll never forget it. He's like, okay. And it took like five times to get a hold of you, and you guys. Oh, yeah, right. Then, then uh, but. Well, his uh, people had to call my people. Oh, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, no, tell me, tell me from your perspective where college basketball is today. You've seen it move a long way. It, uh, it, I personally believe there's not a better time to be a college student athlete with what we're able to do for young people. But specifically in the basketball space, how do you see it? Well, I'll make a basketball comment and then maybe an administrative yeah, comment. Okay, yeah. Um, I think the game, the product on the court, is extremely entertaining. I think the freedom of movement initiatives have been significant. Really yeah. uh, what concerns me, and talking to a lot of coaches, and you know, in our league we have a lot of veteran yeah. coaches, which is pseudonym for old, I guess. Uh, hey, we've got a veteran coach that's not old. You do. You do. And I'm glad he's back in the Atlantic 10. But I'll say this. The game to me is a little bit too much now about how you shoot as opposed to how you play. Like, you can have the greatest coaching and scouting report in the world. And, you know, if somebody makes, if a team makes 15 threes, they're going to win the game. Right. And all we do is recruit guys to spread the floor. Right. And, and I'm not saying it has to be old school. Like, I'm not talking Nate Thurman and Walt Bellamy here. I'm just Stay saying. Get rid of the shot clock and we'll just I, no, slow no, no, it down no, no, all no. day It's long. way better. Like, nobody wants to go back to four corners right. and, right. you know, 32-30 and all yeah. that stuff. Monty Tau. Correct. But I, I, I think the coaches have been around a while. I watch them and I think they're frustrated because – you can execute a great defensive game plan. You can say, hey, you know, like I know St. Joseph tonight hopes that SLU shoots to its numbers. Right. Because, especially with this roster, can't match up. Right. Can't match up. Right. Man for man. Sure. Okay. And maybe some guy who shoots 27% is going to go 5 of 8 and that'll tip the game one way or another. So I'm not completely convinced that the huge trend toward more three-pointers is good for the game. Uh, I grew up with Jim Boyle yeah, in go. Philly in the old days, and he said when the three-point line first was experimented with in 1983, he said they should make the dunk worth three because it's harder to get. So just leave you with that. Now, administratively, 
and this is specific to your school, my school, and our league. Right. Okay? In terms of access to the national championship and the NCAA tournament, the sport is going in the wrong direction. I don't know that it can be stopped. I think it will take people way smarter than I and people who wear a tie and have a corner office with windows here by the highway. But but we all know that the percentage of at-large bids to the football schools is going up. Right. We all know that uh, the high-quality mid-majors in many cases are getting kicked to the curb. I mean, last year Loyola Chicago was 30-2, and two, losing in their quarterfinal. Right here in St. Louis. If they get beat, they're out. If they get beat, they're out. And I think we saw that that would have been dumped. Disservice. Right. Right. And and I'm not saying it, it you know, there's always going to be team number 69. Right. Okay? And there's very little difference between 66, 7, 8, 9, whatever. I, I, I get 56 it. 56 for that matter. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. But the process is so biased now. And it remains to be seen what will happen with the new metrics. I'm skeptical. Uh, I think it's a better metric than the RPI. It almost couldn't not be for, from because it's more about how you play than who you play. But I think people are going to find it very hard to manage to because, let's be honest, they've not been especially forthcoming, even to committee members, as far as I know. And, and... You can still go in that room and apply whatever metric, however you want, to team A, B, or C. And because they need to be saved from themselves, in my view, I I would have a tournament eligibility requirement, like bowl eligibility. And, you know, at the risk of getting uninvited to every power league game for the rest of time, Mm -hmm. I don't think being 500 in your league would, like, cause the earth to stop spinning on its axis. It would clear up one on about an average. And, And I just think that the public understands winning. They don't understand 8 and 10. I mean, there was just a couple of years ago... The, the ACC numbers were so skewed, we were still talking about Clemson in mid-Februarys and at large, and they were like 3-11 and 11 in their league. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, why have leagues then if it doesn't matter? So I, I, I've gotten old and cranky on my soapbox. Man, you have. Uh, Sorry. I, uh, I'm over it now. I, I'm with you. I, I, think, I think the net is a way better model the question is are they going to be able to execute with that model and deliver a better a better tournament well the tournament like i jay billis and i don't agree on a lot of things even though we're friends right but the tournament is idiot proof and he says that it's going to be a great tournament Almost no matter, like we could put what Harris There's going to be upsets. Somebody's going to make a run. Of course, because there's 67 games. You can't help but have storylines. And there's a lot of good teams. It's not like, you know, there was that stretch of 10 years where the Super Bowl was always a dud because it was 51 to 10 because the NFC was better than the AFC. Well, that. You're going to have dud games, but not 67 of them. You've got too much parity in college basketball. Well, and... Too many good players. And neutral court, neutral site, neutral officials, neutral everything. You know, it does level the playing field. Right. Uh, From an A-10 perspective, you know, you... uh, 
we've been a multiple bid league for a long time. Um, I personally believe three or more for what going back to oh seven. Yeah, I yeah. want to say I believe we'll continue to be a multiple bid league. But what are for our fans out there listening? What are those two or three key pieces that the A10 is going to have to continue to do to be in that game? I think outside the power leagues, you have to go out of your way to schedule as many quad one games as you can. Yeah. Because if we learned anything last year from the quad system, and let's remember, the quad system is in place. Right. And for people who don't know what we're talking about, because this is inside baseball now. Right. It used to be top 50. Didn't matter where you played a team. Right. Now, it's a sliding scale based upon the site of the game. So, what is it? 1 to 30 at home to get a quad one. 1 to 50 neutral. 1 to 75 away. And then it goes through the other four That's quadrants right. in similar sliding fashion. Okay. So, we, we have that. It's almost as much about quantity as quality in quad one. I mean, look. Oklahoma last year, from the first of the year on, played... 11 quad one games and went two and nine. Okay, now I like Trey Young. I buy into the hype. I watch Big Monday. Sometimes I get paid to talk on Big Monday. I get it. But to me, if you go two and nine against the field, it's not very good. All you've proven is that you can lose the really good teams. (laughs) And, 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 but if that's the coin of the realm, then we got to go shopping there. Right. And right. and and the risk, and, and this goes back to the Cheney-Calipari days of the A-10 and the 90s, which was, look, the playing field isn't even. We'll go anywhere, anytime to play these up games. <laughs> but, but that requires a commitment from administrators and institutions to let coaches lose some. Right. <laughs> right? Because they're going to. Sure. Uh, you know, if, if if you do a two-for-one with Kansas and you'd be lucky to get that, you might win one. But you're probably not. Right. So, but, but the only way to break through, like I remember a year where Richmond got an at-large out of our league because they won at Fog Allen. I don't know that Kansas has lost a non-league game. <laughs> At home since then, not many. And and but but those are the risks sure. that we in our league have to take because for the most part, beating each other isn't going to be good enough, right? Unless you know we we know we're going to have multiple. Hey, we need our quad. top. We need our top four or five teams to roll, and, and a, a lot better than happened this year. Yeah, that's like right. the best win the league has this year is probably Slew at Seton Hall, right? Okay, and that's wonderful. Right. It's nowhere near enough. That's right. Like everyone else, including my Hawks, spit the bit and that's why, in the non-league. That's why we, And they all know it. We've changed to scheduling, go play Florida State. Right. Play Pitt in the Barclays Center. Right. Go play these guys. We know we've got to be in that game. We've got to get a couple high-end home-and-homes, and then we've got to go on the road to go play people. Yeah. Um, I, think the, I think the people who did it the best was Mark Few. I think Mark Few was way early in that. Now, he can roll, he can roll in his league. Well, he knows he's going to go 16 that's and right. 2. But he also is willing to go out and play the big dogs. And right. I think he got it. I think he was early in it. But we know we've got to go play those games. And here yeah. you go. Like Gonzaga. And we have to find a way to win. At least some, some of, of them. them. That's right. You know, Gonzaga is such an anomaly. That they can now get a home and home right. with Carolina. That's right. 
they can get a home and home with. But 10, 15 years ago, they were on the road nonstop. Correct. Nonstop. They weren't even playing home non-conference games. Correct. They were on the road. They were going for it, and they built it. And so now they can get a home and home. Yeah. Which is a cool deal. Uh, so let's talk about the most important team in the A-10. Absolutely. The Billikens. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you see us, and what do you think we have to do? Well, I don't know when this is airing. It's going to air tomorrow. Okay. Well... After we get a let's win tonight. A, let's assume let's, you've beaten let, the Hawks let, in the in the Jesuit basketball spotlight, and right. let's you know we'll, we'll roll over for the good of the okay. league, okay? Because we know you would do the same under similar circumstances. Would. Of course we would. <laughs> but I think you'll have enough good wins. My concern are m- m- would have been a bigger concern in the RPI days because I think it was six. There were six. You know, lower end D one games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe too low. Now there's no way to know, right? How low an opponent. A couple of them ended up being. We thought we were going to be way better, but that's the, right. That's the dice. But they're going to show up in quad four. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's right. If if I'm the uh, rhymes with Rick of the committee member, okay, and I go, well, they're thirteen and four, or maybe fourteen and four when this airs. But six of them were puppies. Right. So they're, my column, I call it effective record. They're really seven and four, eight and four. So they got work to do. Right. That's just one way of looking at it. And, you know, I don't subscribe to the eye test even a little bit. Uh, but it, it's been a little under the radar to this point, I think. Uh, and I don't know if the league's coattails are going to be enough to carry. Really, SLU and VCU are the only teams in the league that have non-conference wins that would even start the conversation for an at-large. You know, they beat Temple Neutral. Temple's last four in as we speak. They won at Texas. Mm -hmm. Texas is a half a rung above that. You guys have Butler here and at Seton Hall. The killer Houston game we had. Oh, I know. And even Pitt now would have right. been handy. Pitt's, uh, Pitt's turned into having a good season. They've done a but, and, and of the, who do you, you play us twice, St. Joe's twice. I don't think you have Davidson twice. Yeah. Do you have VCU twice? Once. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. We got all those teams twice. But whatever. We, we want to play them twice. Yeah, and you have to. And, and that's, we were early. You have to. And, and you know this. Uh, there was one thing Rick and I did is uh, we went to Bernadette. Well, early. we had tears well, then we had for tears, a time. And we said, we want to play all the top twice. Yeah. And, and that's we, absolutely and, and the that, right thing to do. that helped us big time. Because we played all the top programs twice in those couple years where we really rolled. We played, we had doubles with everybody. And I think. With VCU. Right. Dayton. And that helped us immensely. And. You know, I go back far enough that there have been years. One year, we St. Joe's, we got an at-large because Xavier was a top-10 team in the polls. Yeah. And we yeah. beat them twice. Right. I, I don't even know if you guys joined at that point. This was 08? Uh, that was our first year. Okay. That was our second year. I'm All right. Sorry. So Atlantic City and the whole. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, sure. the six, the five, six-bid days are over. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I don't know who's making Nobody's the league budget. Right. That is not happening. Right. Uh uh, but but I'm reasonably confident that this year will not regress to one. Yeah. Because more circumstances can break positively than negatively. This time last year, everybody said it was a one bid league. I think uh, I think at the end of the day, we're going to get three. 
I think that would take a lot of problems. Somebody, somebody will have to sneak win the in. tournament. Somebody will have to sneak in, but there's going to be. But that means you get there's two gonna be, at There's going to be two or three of us that are going to win a bunch of games, and if there's a upset, even though you realize the first time that the tournament went to Brooklyn, you know who cut the nets down. Yeah, you did. And then it was. And we're planning on doing it again. Okay. So I just want you to know that's that's what well that we're, does that's take. Our well, then be prepared to not like your seed. Yeah, that's okay. Because I already have. It's heard. pretty clear that on Sunday, they kind of quit on the seeding deal. Yeah, if I you're already lying. heard from that some some bracketologist guy had us as a thirteen today, and I, yes, and my son. What a goober! My son tells me, Dad, we'll be the best thirteen. Nobody's going to want to be play us. And I'm but the like, thing is. You can't win the league and be a 13. Oh, yeah. You're just a 13 no. today. That's right. We're not. That's okay. Hey, bottom line is we appreciate what you do for college basketball well, and the A-10. Doing. And uh, the A-10's been a great partner of ours. We couldn't be more thrilled to be part of it. And uh, you do a really, really good job of promoting it. We appreciate you doing that. Well, I appreciate it. I love coming to SLU. I love the Jesuit games. And I hope it's home every year. We've seen a couple. Good luck after tonight. You bet. All right, man. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for listening to From the Stands. Subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store and have the latest episodes sent straight to your phone. Until next month, go Billings.